Welcome back everyone to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua Dub underscore Stamper. Welcome back, Aspire listeners. I have the great pleasure of having a Teach Better teammate on with me this afternoon, Katie Minglin. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to be on the famous Joshua Samper podcast. Wow. I don't know about that, but it's pretty (laughs) fantastic to have you on. We just saw each other not too long ago at the Teach Better Retreat in Illinois. What was that experience like for you? First off, it was awesome to have everyone in my home state. You know, we're (laughs) all over. And so it was fun. I felt like Illinois just kind of got that much better because we were all there and it, you know, it was crazy to be able to see everyone in person and just we clicked. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not many people that I could say that within a few minutes that it's like, just feels like we've known each other for years. So that was super fun being able to talk shop, but also have so much informal conversation. I loved that. And it got me even more excited for the conference, which is in October. And yes. I don't know, it was like, I had high expectations and I felt like it surpassed even my high expectations. So I don't know, how was it for you, Josh? Well, it was awesome. I mean, so everyone knows Teach Better Team is spread out all over the United States and in Canada. And a lot of us haven't been in person with each other before in one space. So um, to see so many folks that I've been on conference calls with or meetings via Zoom, but to actually see them in person, I don't know, it's just different. It's, it's so much better to, to have that those conversations. And, you know, we did a lot of team building things. We went for hikes. I mean, it was not just business. Um, it was a lot of fun also. So, yes, I agree. I can't wait for teach the Teach Better Conference coming up soon. And me and you actually met for the first time in Akron, Ohio, when we were yeah. looking at the venue for the yeah. Teach Better Conference. And I don't know about you, but I'm so excited for this new space, especially, I mean, for myself, I have the podcast row, so I'm pretty yeah. excited about where we're going to be sitting and recording. But what did you think of the the new venue for the conference in Akron? So I I really didn't know what to expect when I went. I knew it was a school. I knew it was cool. You know, that's kind of the adjectives we had heard. But mm-hmm. being there and actually being able to imagine the space and imagine walking through as if we're an attendee. I was lucky enough, I was able to go back a couple weeks ago and kind of do one final walkthrough, which was crazy, but cool to just imagine, okay, here's where I'll stand for registration. And then I'll go to a session in this hallway and just putting all those pieces together. I think it's going to allow so much space for collaboration, you know, those informal conversations in the hallway, but also just being able to come together, whether in podcast row or the sponsor area or bookstore. I mean, there's just so many like big open spaces that will allow attendees to kind of be together that I think there's just going to be, it's, it's going to be epic. I know it's like the word I keep using, but I'm, I was like walked out of there and I'm like, man, I cannot wait till October. I feel like a kid before Christmas or something. Like the countdown is on. (laughs) For sure. I know we just kind of jumped in our conversation and for my listeners who may not know you, Katie, what is your journey in education? Yeah, so um, I'm Katie Meglin, and currently I'm the Director of Curriculum and Instruction for the Teach Better team, but that is not what I originally set out to be. Um, I was a middle school math teacher for 13 years and just recently left the classroom. I've gotten a master's and bachelor's, both from Illinois State University. My heart is in middle school. I actually have only primarily taught seventh grade. Um, I had a couple sections of sixth and eighth grade in there, but primarily it was seventh. 
So I'm officially one of those crazy people that teaches, you know, middle schoolers. But yeah, I, I live in central Illinois. I've got two kids and an amazing husband who kind of keep me going and are my cheerleaders all the time. So my previous, my actual education is not anything like it was when I, as a teacher, um, I went to a private school my whole life. I knew very little and I, I didn't realize how little I knew until I was kind of thrown into a big middle school as a teacher, but my classes were small. I graduated with about a hundred students wore uniform my whole life. And so I had a lot to learn those early years of teaching and I'm still learning every day and still getting exposed to things. And it's just been, it's been a fun and wild ride. So well, that's kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> so is it weird not to be in school right now? You know, it's not so much weird, like to not be in school, but it's weird to talk about school from like the umbrella view, you know, obviously Josh, like we work with so many educators and, and administrators and stuff. So it's fun to like hear what people are doing, but it's weird to not you know, to not like be sitting in there. So, but it's really nice to not have to like feel like summer's ending. I, I don't know. It's just, is nice kind of freeing to think, yeah, I've got all of August. So I'm going to be doing the same thing I'm doing right now. And I, I'm excited to hear how the year starts for teachers, but I've got two little ones who will be starting in my house. And I'm excited to kind of just be a parent at the beginning of the school year, you know, just kind of get excited for them as well. So it's like a weird but different feeling, but I, I think I'm ready for a change, you know? Yeah. And I felt like that a little bit this morning, me and you were in the administrative mastermind and they're talking, yeah. of course, of, you know, how they're starting the school year and some of the initiatives that are going on at each of their districts. And of course, we were there to support and, and to provide a little bit of guidance in that conversation. And I don't know about you, but it was just a little bit odd to to talk about uh -huh. that and not actually be involved with it in the moment. So in regards to the administrative masterminds, you, you are in attendance often. I know I'm going to be um, there every single week. So, you know, for those who are aspiring leaders or maybe current leaders in administration, you know, what is that program all about and how can that help support them? Well, my first kind of thing I want to say is you do not have to be a principal or administrator to go. And I think that was something I always thought, you know, mm -hmm. I was, I have never held one of those like official titles. And so I think I kind of thought it was an off limits club and it's not. And I'm kind of kicking myself for not attending sooner because there's so many things you can take away in any sort of leadership role, which I know you talk about all the time on your podcast, but being able to sit there and listen to leaders in any capacity, there's a different theme every month. They kind of focus on different things everything from strategic planning to scheduling to, you know, it's kind of just, it depends on what the, the topic is, but there are people from all over and they're in all different types of leadership roles and just talking it out. And it's, it's kind of like a round table. And I think there's so much value in just hearing other people's perspectives. And we don't often allow ourselves time to just listen and collaborate. And, you know, sometimes, especially as the year gets going, I know it's kind of like, just put your head down and kind of keep going, right? And being able to take an hour a week to just talk through some things that are on your mind or brainstorm or problem solve, there's just so much that you can take away from that. So yeah, it's Tuesday mornings. You'll get to see Josh and I most of the time. And it, it's it's so it's good conversation. Yeah, so 9 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Yep. Central time every Tuesday. And yeah, the conversations are rich. And like you said, it's anywhere from a teacher to district leadership. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the whole gamut. And 
it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing. I always love giving free resources on this podcast. And this is just one of those opportunities where it doesn't cost you anything other than your time to come in and, and right. learn as much as possible from those who are in the room. So um, I love that program. I'm so excited to be with the Teach Better team in that facet. And your role j just keeps expanding. I, I know you're in charge of like many, many things. So as the director of curriculum instruction, what does that position entail? Well, how much time do we have? Because there's <laughs> a lot of different things. In its basicness, I, I'm a trainer. So I am available to go into the field, work with districts, train on any of the type of topics that we offer services for through the Teach Better team. So that could be anything from specifically the grid method to more grading, assessment, anything in between. And then when I'm not doing kind of the trainer side, um, I'm more in the project management. So overseeing a lot of the projects that we've got going on with our team. Big one right now is the conference, obviously. So that is kind of taking a lot of my time and energy, which is so fun. But then, yeah, just helping with academy courses or different projects, different departments are doing just kind of being there as a, a resource, but also a facilitator. If someone, you know, needs help with their project and kind of making it a reality, that's what I'm there for. So I feel like every week it evolves a little bit more as far as what I'm doing on the day to day. But that's what I love, because honestly, that's what put me into teaching was that no day was going to look the same as the next. And I feel like this role is perfect because you know, I could be recording a course one day and then the next day be in mastermind and the next day be working on conference. And that's what makes it fun and interesting. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. So I want to talk about the academy because you've done several different courses yep. and you've done a fantastic job. I know you talk a lot about student voice and making sure that students are finding ownership in what they're doing. So for those who are preparing for the new school year, what are some things that they can put in place in the classroom to enhance student voice? So I am a big advocate on student voice, but with that, it has to be manageable. And I think if you were to say that I had a soapbox, I think that's what it is, is you cannot reinvent the wheel. You don't have time and you don't have the capacity. And that's the reality, right? You know, we're, we're stretched pretty thin as it is. And so for someone to say, well, you need to overhaul everything and give student, you know, the, the choice that's unrealistic. So being able to take what you have and adapt it and allow students to kind of run with it, with their creativity and their perspective is a big part of what I feel strongly about. But within the academy, there's so many different topics. I mean, literally, you can look up any topic um, that would help you at all. So everything from um, parent-teacher conferences to being a positive leader in your school to, you know, and I mean, literally everything. I could, you know, go through all the topics. But it's nice because they're all, they kind of vary as far as length and whatever you need. You can move at your own pace. Many of them are free, some of them are paid for, but there's downloadables and things that you can walk away with. So I feel like sometimes if you're struggling with like professional development and you know what you need, but maybe your school or district isn't providing something that would meet your specific needs, turn to the academy because there's going to be a course that will help you. And, you know, there might be opportunities for you to learn through that. Another topic that you speak on often with school districts is the grid method. And yeah. for myself, I heard of that term with the Teach Better team, but it was just kind of this term that was out there. I didn't really understand it. I knew it was something that was implemented into classrooms, but 
you know, for those who maybe have heard the term but don't know quite what the grid method is, could you just give kind of a quick synopsis of what that term means and then also, you know, how if someone is looking for like a new way to have their students go at a self-pace, at their own self-pace, mm-hmm. you know, how can they get more information in regards to this method? Yeah, absolutely. So specifically, the grid method is uh, mastery learning. It's a framework that allows students to move at their own pace through uh, the content. And you kind of set it up so that they basically have all the tools they need, right? Students are given literally everything they need to learn, and they work at at their own pace while you facilitate. And it frees you up, really, to be able to help students do one-on-one conferencing, kind of be there for them as they journey through the learning, but even kind of taking it a step back, just mastery learning in general is a big part of how I have always taught. The grid method is one avenue that someone could take. It's kind of a specific framework, but mastery learning is just being able to kind of let go, which is really hard, especially for people like me, who is a type A personality and just giving them like everything you want them to learn, giving them all the tools they need so they can learn it, but then letting them learn. And so sometimes that might take a student a couple days and sometimes it might take students just a day. But again, giving them the freedom so that they can learn and find success as they need to is really the, the mastery learning framework in its essence. Being able to kind of take again what I had and turn it into that framework and using that model of the grid method was something I definitely have done in the last, oh, I would say like probably three or four years because yeah, once you try it, it, you're kind of like, oh yeah, this is good. This is good teaching. So what were some of the outcomes that you saw with the students when you implemented the grid method? So not necessarily an outcome with a student, but also with me is I, I for years would sit in a, in my evaluation meeting with my principal and say, I want students to have conversation. I want to have time to conference with them. I want to know what all of my students are doing at any given time. And I, I struggled hard to figure that out. It was like this magic equation that I could not figure out. And by allowing myself to go towards this framework of the grid method, I found I had the time to actually invest in each of my students. We all have those students that are under the radar. They are good enough. You know, they don't need your help. They're not a behavior problem, but they probably don't get a lot of your attention either. And those are the students I knew I was failing. And so kind of pivoting to this idea allowed me to check in with them and talk to them because even if they didn't need help learning, they still deserved my attention. They deserved me asking how their soccer game was or how's the new baby brother, you know, anything in between. And it just kind of made me feel like I'm actually being a quality educator and I'm doing all the things I wanted to do, but it also gave them the flexibility that students were working together. They, they, it wasn't like a sit and get, which is what, how I had learned, because that's how a lot of us had learned, you know, that's, I leaned on it because that's what I knew and I felt comfortable with that. And so it was nice to be able to like let them learn, but have them collaborate and see that creativity and have them be kids, but still learn along the way. And it was so nice. And it honestly, I left like in such a better mood most days because I felt like I was meeting my personal goals, but also reaching all my students, which was huge. Yeah, it's interesting you talked about the teacher assessment piece, you know, when a minister comes in and is going through that process. I know for myself, like the way the Texas sets up their assessment process for teachers, it's more on the facilitator side. Obviously, you get a higher rating 
for a, a teacher where the, the students are more in charge of their learning than mm-hmm. the teacher themselves, right? The sit and get piece. And the grid method falls right in line with that. And yeah. I love that. The other piece I love is just the way that feedback is provided to students is far different in mm-hmm. potentially assessment. So what did that change in your classroom as far as implementing the grid method? I didn't wait. That was like the big piece, right? Sure. I, I taught math. And so I could do the people are participating. I, you know, we raise our hands, whatever, but it felt like I was constantly like waiting for an assessment where I was waiting for that either at the end of the week or end of the unit, whatever it was. And then I would be giving feedback to students and, and some of them would then not be doing well. And that seems such a waste of my time of, okay, well, they've been clearly struggling for a while. And now I'm just now telling them that. So one of the bigger parts of it was I was able to check in with them more often. I was able to keep up on where they were at in their learning more frequently. I could provide them that in the moment feedback rather than them waiting four days to see that they had been, you know, on the wrong path. I could re, you know, kind of guide them towards the right path and get them back where they needed to be. And so, yeah, it was, it was just, and it was more authentic because I could literally just stand and talk to them because I wasn't trying to lead a full class instruction, you know, class. I love it. Anyone wants more information, there are free courses on yes. the Academy Yep. in regards to the grid method. So definitely check that out. And of course, everything that we're talking about today, I'll have links to the show notes as far as the mastermind, the Academy, the conference. I mean, we've got a lot going on. So yeah. Katie, I know another thing that's coming out in September is a brand new course that you've created or co-created called Creating Interdisciplinary Units. And yep. what is that course all about and what can people expect? Okay. So this Josh is literally like made me so excited. Um, I'm so excited to even be able to talk about it right now, but this was done with one of my really good friends. And for years, uh, a girl I taught with Sarah, Jesse, who's also on our teach better team. We had taught together for 11 years and we have always done interdisciplinary units. Interdisciplinary unit is simply taking a bunch of content areas, meshing them together to um, accomplish a goal, right? So we would find kind of a fun theme, pull our classes together and give the kids a a unique experience to learn the material. And Sarah and I had done this just at our school for 11 years and we thought, you know, it was just natural, we did. And so when we were asked to create this course, we were so excited because we were were able to help somebody else do something that brought us so much joy. We stood and kind of recorded it together, which is, you know, not always our, a lot of our courses are done virtually. So it was fun to be next to each other to talk it through. We laughed and we just had memories. We're like, remember this thing? And so even as we were developing the course, we were able to kind of reminisce about the different units we've done and talk through how to make it a reality. Because I think when you learn these buzzwords in college and you learn about what an interdisciplinary unit is sometimes be a little overwhelming. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things to consider. So we really just break it down so that people feel like they can actually do it, whether it's a small scale or on a big scale. Sarah and I have done an interdisciplinary unit that lasted a half of day. You know, we, we just did a couple classes that were merged and we've also done one that was a week long and involved community members and parents coming in and we know that there's a a big spectrum of what people want to be able to do. And so we tried to articulate all of that in our course so that someone who's maybe thinking about it or maybe has heard of it can at least get their feet wet and kind of try it and adapt it because that's what we did. We started small and by the time like last spring rolled around, we were doing an interdisciplinary unit for seven days of instruction. And 
at no point had has ever an administrator said this is a waste of time kids aren't learning in fact we literally last spring sat and our principal said I know when you guys roll this unit out, it is a week where kids are 100% engaged and they're learning and I can get behind that. And so that just makes you feel good. It makes all that work and time and energy worth it. So we just want to share our passion and it was so fun to put together and it was, it was great. One of my roles on the team is to edit courses and I can agree <laughs> that you two had way too much fun creating this. <laughs> But it's awesome. It's wonderful content. So definitely check that out. It comes out in September. And I agree. I think there are a lot of teachers that that hear that term. And they say, yes, I want to do that. Because Mm -hmm. I don't want my subject just to be in a box. I want it to be real world. And this gives a wonderful step by step piece of execution. Like this is how you can roll this out and be successful. So make sure you're checking that out on the Teach Better Academy. And I want to go back to something that was said this morning in the mastermind, because I thought you brought up a really good point. You know, we we talked about teachers to admin being in this mastermind and and the topic of the morning meeting was about the school year and what is needed to kick things off. And you brought your your teacher perspective. And I, I love that you spoke up and you talked about how important it is to gift time to teachers. So for so many leaders that are listening right now, and the school year is about to start throughout the country, you know, what is it that leaders can do to help teachers be the most successful they possibly can at the beginning of the school year? I think the gift of time is is sometimes obvious because you hear that all the time, right? But what does that really mean? And it's, it's great to think an administrator can come in and say, hey, take this hour off and go make copies or get yourself a cup of coffee. But The reality is that's not always an option. And we know that principals are spread thin, just like teachers. And so I think kind of two things as we start the year, know that this, as the students struggle, so are teachers, you know, their teachers are going to have ebbs and flows and they have personal lives and they can't always commit to giving three or four hours at night to a rocking lesson, even though that's what they want, you know, just because the teacher doesn't do it doesn't mean that's not what they want. So allowing them to feel like they are in a safe enough space where they feel like some days my lesson is just going to be okay and that's okay, but kind of also continuing to be that cheerleader for them of, but you can have a really great lesson because that's the kind of educator you are. And, but yeah, time, you know, giving them the time on those institute days or those professional development days and maybe give them some direction. Don't just say, go work in your classrooms because I'm guilty. I was one of those teachers that I would, I heard that and I thought, I'm going to go find my best friends and go hang out and I'll figure out the work later. So, you know, maybe saying, here's some things to accomplish in this next two hours. Do you have this, this, and this ready to start the school year? Maybe say email three parents, a welcome, or, you know, I'm excited to meet your student, whatever it is, but just continue to be mindful that they do need time. They need time to process information that you give them. I have sat in many opening days institute where we've gotten a brand new curriculum and I needed to roll it out in two weeks and I needed time to like think it through. And so just be mindful of that. Be there to listen, be there to, to be an advocate for them and a cheerleader. Um, and which is sometimes I know really challenging, but it's, it's what they need. You know, it's what teachers need. That's what I needed all the time is I needed to be heard and also just know that I had some space to think and process when I needed it. Yeah. And I thought the conversation was great this morning of just like really honing in on what was important to start the school year. There's obviously a lot of initiatives and a lot of trainings that are required, but 
you know, is the is the calendar set up so teachers can get in their classroom? Can they get set up, especially if you have some sort of new curriculum or whatnot that they need to dive into and be ready for the first day of school? You know, are we truly setting them up for success? So I love mm-hmm. that perspective, and I want to offer up some more actionable steps. So for someone who's listening, either an aspiring leader or current leader, if they can do something tomorrow or next week to enhance your leadership journey, what would that be? I would say walk to teacher's room, some staff member and say, how can I help? And just be intentional about offering, even if it's 15 minutes, hey, can I help hang something? Hey, can I go run, make a copy? Even if something as simple as that can make a world of difference. And sometimes it may not be anything tangible. It might just be, they need you to listen for five minutes about something. And that could be enough, but that mindset of how can I help and continuing to do that, I think kind of puts um, your school and the school culture at the priority and reminds teachers that you're in it together and it's not an us versus them, which is really important. Katie, we're definitely in this together. And so for those who are looking to expand their PLN and connect with you on social media, how can they do that? So um, I always joke that if you want to follow my family shenanigans with a little bit of professional uh, development, you can follow me on Instagram, which is K underscore Miglin, M-I-G-L-I-N. But if you're looking for more professional Katie Miglin, then I would suggest go to Twitter, which is Mrs. K Migs. And so you can kind of follow me there. Yeah. And I'd love to connect with you. I'm always looking to learn and grow. I don't know all the things. And so any way that I can um, expand my knowledge, I'm always looking for that. So yeah. I don't know, Katie. I think you know all the things. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go back real quick to the the conference. So October 14th and 15th, Mm -hmm. we both will be there. What is one thing that you're most excited about? All of it? Just kidding. Um, (laughs) I think having the in- formal conversation. Mm -hmm. The retreat gave us a snapshot of what that was going to look like when our team came together and it was not the structured sessions. Those were awesome. And I think the sessions at the conference will be fantastic. There's going to be so much knowledge gained, but I am really just excited to like be literally, you know, having a granola bar and talking to someone standing near me or walking in the hall and, Hey, how was your last session? Just all those informal moments you can't, you can't replicate. And there's networking events and so many opportunities for those kind of downtimes that I'm really just excited to have that connection with a lot of people in our network because there's so many people I only know virtually. Yeah. And the social events afterwards, you know, in the evenings are fantastic to connect with folks. I I built so many relationships with people from 2019, just from those events, because like you said, it's informal conversations. You get to know the person that's speaking and we have so many fantastic speakers and i gotta ask are you gonna join us in podcast row of course so we've got 12 right now signed up i'm thinking we'll probably end up with like 15 podcasts but we're gonna have a good number there of folks recording so for those who are in attendance make sure you come and check us out and jump on someone's podcast yeah, absolutely. And we're going to be, that area will be located right by registration. So you really can't miss it. As soon as you come in, you'll be able to see Podcast Row and then check it out at any point throughout the weekend. There's going to be good stuff being recorded the whole time, which will be awesome. I, your space, I, I think has, I think you have the best space. In the I whole think so conference. too. I don't know if you remember, I, I ran to that space and claimed it as quickly as possible. 
You did. In fact, I when we went back for the second visit, someone said the doors were locked to get into that space. And someone said, what does that look like? And I said, I'm not really sure because Josh just went in and declared it. And so I haven't been in more than like two feet. So I'm also excited to see what the whole room looks like. Well, there's a wall also on wheels. So I moved the wall. <laughs> so that, that it was so like somewhat blocked so people couldn't you know really get a true look but it's a phenomenal space yeah i'm super excited for those who are looking to attend and want a little bit off their registration they can use code aspire tb 2022 that'll get yep. you 50 dollars off your two-day registration and you can go to teachbetterconference.com to sign up and register october yep. 14th and 15th and we can't wait to see everyone katie it is just a joy to work with you every single day. And I just appreciate your time and your wisdom as we talk through how to prepare for the beginning of the school year and give student voice and ownership. You are doing amazing things, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me.